Off the ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. The Late Night LOI Pod, live every Friday at 10pm on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. Hello folks and welcome to tonight's Late Night League of Ireland. It's uh, Shane Keegan here in the absence of, of Nathan Murphy. Um, with Nathan with Nathan unavailable tonight, Johnny, they have taken, Off The Ball have taken the the crazy, the mad decision to allow the, the two of us to, uh, the two of us to fly solo. And we have a superb uh Superb entertainment all night to talk about. I'm looking at a league table here that has uh, three points separating third from third last in the Premier Division, and 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 Johnny Ward's Galway United sitting joint top of the First Division. So uh, excitement all around this evening. Johnny, you sent us a photo earlier in our WhatsApp group of a uh, dual screening or triple screening. I'm not sure which it was. What were you watching? Yeah, I was watching um, Tala and I was watching the RSE, Shane. I had to come home for a funeral, unfortunately, so that um, stopped me going to the RSE. Uh, I've, I've actually been to the RSE, I'd say, less nearly than any League of Ireland ground. Um, I think the first time I went to the RSC was was the day I met my good friend Julian Canney, and that was the day of the Good Friday Agreement, and uh, we lost 2-1 that night. But on this Good Friday, um, massive win for Galway United. Um, but as you say, Shane, we've so much to talk about. I thought Shamrock Rovers were extremely comfortable once they went ahead in the first half. Pats played quite well, but they kind of brushed them aside in the second half. Um not only that, you've Shelburne. Uh, I actually tipped Shelburne to kind of get a result in Derry, but I have to say I didn't expect him to win. And I think Derry had gotten a goal and that was disallowed. And then it went 2 1 the other way. So that was a massive result. But Shane, I think the story of the night is Bose. I mean, how seriously, what the FCUK are they doing to, 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 to drop a position? Uh, to drop points like that, I mean, there's something seriously, seriously wrong there. And I'm expecting uh, some Bose fans to be on tonight and, and you know, I guess express their anger because, sorry, like, uh, there's no way that happens against nine men. No, like, no way you do that. So um, what is happening at Bose? So much to talk about. Yeah, I think we'll definitely get some Bose colours. Hopefully some Finn Harps ones as well. My uh, my dad is a massive, massive Ollie Horgan fan, so... I'm just off the phone from Da telling him about the latest miracle that Ollie is after after pulling off up there. But no, look, not not good enough from Bose, that's for sure. We've listened, we've got plenty of people queuing up to to have their say already. So the two of us will will shut up and and, and let them in. Aaron, um, if you want to unmute yourself and and let us know your thoughts, I see you're you're from Galway. Are you a Galway fan? No, I'm not from uh, Galway. I just attend university in Galway. But ah, I'm, uh, Aaron. I'm a Tiger Rovers fan, so. Not happy. Very good. Were you at the game? Uh, at the game no, or watching it? Watching it this evening. Um, I Tell think us I what you made of it, Aaron. Ah, oh, it's just so poor. I mean, the team has just gone off the boil altogether in the last four games. And I don't know, it just seems like there's no plan B whatsoever. Um, leaking what? a lot of goals. <laughs> I don't know. Like... They're what's just... changed, Aaron? You, you got off to such a great start. You really did at the start of the season. Um, what's 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 changed, or what's not right at the moment? I don't know. It's just either something's either happening in the dressing room. I don't know. Like they just they just don't seem to be up for it, the players, and they kind of just look shot of confidence. And I know. Look, there's a lot of talk about the pitch not being good in the showgrounds, and I'd agree with that. But. Like it's the same pitch for all the you know the other teams that show up and they're just getting the better of us. Um, I don't know. Like it's a full team. Like it's full time setup. And like I thought, uh, I was at the Bose game because I missed the UCD game because I was at work. But uh, like even the Bose game, I just thought Bose for a part time outfit were way just fitter and we're up for it way more. I suppose it's a worrying like, sign, Aaron, as well when you've when you've your goalkeeper, who's probably the best goalkeeper in the league, basically making a bad mistake for the first goal. Yeah, no, like it's really um, uncharacteristic of Ed, like because even in that game in, in Bowes, like it could have been three or four nil to Bowes if it wasn't for Ed, like so. Like I know he's probably you know it's just a poor mistake, and like as you say, Johnny, like it highlights basically the lack of confidence in the team when your goalkeeper, who's usually always on top you know, kind of has a howler like that. But I don't know, like there just seems to be a lot of long balls being played out from the back and they just don't seem to be having any effect. 
Jesus, then, Aaron, that's 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 not what we associate Liam Woodley no, but with like, for sure. Long but like there's passing in the middle, but then it goes back to the centre backs because midfield just don't seem to be getting the ball uh, through the middle up front. So then they pass back to the centre backs, and then they're hitting long diagonal balls out to the wings, and it's just so easy to defend against. I think, I think, uh, in fairness to the Dock commentary team, they were very fair tonight, but. Like I thought they were too fair because in the second half they kept on about how Rovers were putting on more pressure, but I just thought they were very comfortable in the second half. And Doc, I'm looking here. I'm looking here at things. Uh, Aaron, tell me a double change at half time. Greg Bulger and Aidan Keenan. Aidan Keenan gone off. My God, I mean, wow. I would have. I would have thought. I would have thought they are arguably the two most important players in the side. What What's going on there? Yeah, um, Bulger's been way off it the last few games. I don't know if he's not match fit since coming back from injury or something, but he just seems to be really struggling. The Aiden Keena one, I just couldn't believe myself because you're taking off your league top goal scorer when you're chasing the game. I just don't. I just couldn't understand that at all. Um, I know Max Matt has scored two in the last one, and I know he scored near the end there, but it just made no sense whatsoever. Is Bulger um is are, are Bulger's legs basically finding him out or catching him up at this stage? Do you think? Um, possibly, but I don't know. Like maybe we're just like midfield options. There's like McDonald and Moran, but after those three, there's not much off the bench. But I don't know. They're well, that's the other thing which I don't get over as well. Like I know he made two subs at half time this evening, but Buckley's been kind of treading a line of being patient and stubborn when it comes to substitutions. Like even that game, like I know it's two games ago against Bowes, but like he jo- throws on Jordan Hamilton with three minutes to go and you're one 0 down. Like what's the point when you knew at half time, you know, a sub was needed and it just didn't come. So. I don't know. I just the whole team just looks lost of ideas, and I'm kind of starting to think is Buckley the man to kind of bring it that extra step? You know, that's a that's a big that's a big call. That's a big call, Aaron. Because oh, it's, uh, it's, it's a big call. But you know, if you're full time out of it and you're building, you're supposed to be building on season each season. Like I know two seasons ago we had a struggling team. We got Europe on the last day. Last season we got Europe again, but made it was a kind of tough battle. But I think with the squad this year he has, he should be kind of comfortably getting third or fourth, where it looks like it's already going to be a dogfight again for Europe. In the in the game we're in, Shane, like Keith Long is one hundred percent under pressure now, but Keith Buckley is is flirting um, with being under pressure. I think as well, or sorry, um. Keith Buckley, um, <laughs> <Liam> Bowes. <laughs> Keith Buckley. I say Bowes could do with Keith Buckley, but Liam Buckley is. I I know well. Sligo fans are going to get very restless unless they arrest the sliding form, and it's not as Aaron says. Well, it's not just results; it's how listless they seem to be playing at the moment. Ah, yeah. Look, but but I mean, you're after saying you know you're after saying Liam Buckley and 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 Keith Long are under pressure. They're both like Liam Buckley is two points off of third, and Keith Long is three points off of third. You know, so it's it's not like it's not like the season is going up in smoke for them by any stretch of the imagination. They're both in, you know, they're both not in the greatest run of form. But I mean, very with the exception of Derry and Shamrock Rovers, nobody else is showing any sustained form. So all you mm. need to do is get get your house in order for a run of 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 a half a dozen games at all, and 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 you're you're very much back to where you need to be, or even less, three or four games to get you right back into that top four. But it's about it's about you know it's about correcting things that aren't going right. I suppose is 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 the way that Aaron is 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 putting it there. Um, and yeah, as I say, you just you're looking at the, the halftime substitutions tonight, and that just that's that's just I find that amazing. Those two, I really, really do, because they are the two players that I would have thought. Well, certainly, Eden Keane looked absolutely superb at the start of the season. He really, really did, and I I thought he was the fellow who was going to fire them back to Europe again. Um, so that's that's a concern if he's gone off the boil for them. And and Greg Bulger to me, when he's at it now, as you say, look. I suppose the the ears are catching up on him. He won't like to hear that, and I'm sure he definitely won't be be writing himself off. But a, a, a fit and firing Greg Bulger in the centre of the field makes you a very different team, you know. Mm. The mid- midfield midfield is an area like League of Ireland midfields. Um, 
you know, in, in, against good teams, I think it is is very difficult. Like when you're playing the likes of Shamrock Rovers, um, even Dundalk tonight, if you're kind of off it, you're just basically, if you, even if you're 5% off, you're going to struggle because teams are so fit. The game's getting faster and um, more technical play. And um, I, I don't know, it's 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 a strange one with Sligo because um, it just, they've, it's been such a bipolar season from them for the, la- for the last four games compared to what preceded it. Yeah, well, but, that's the thing. Like, just sorry to interrupt, but like, you've got the tough games out of the way. Like, we went to Pats away, Derry mm-hmm. away, Tala away. Like, I know we were hanging on near the end in Tala, but like, you've got such big results there. And then the games you expect to kind of pick up the three points has just been so poor. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. there's an element to that where maybe the players thought it was just a matter of showing up against Shelburne and UCD and Bowes, but I don't know. Yeah. Listen, Aaron, thanks a million for your call and your thoughts on it. Um, brilliant stuff. Kieran Burke uh, is our, our next caller. I'm sure everybody knows Kieran around the League of Ireland. Kieran, what's your what have you what are your thoughts on tonight's games? Well, lads, how are you? Good to good to hear from you. Uh, Johnny missed you a few weeks ago when uh, Longford played Galway off the park. That was a shame, but um, good to see you on the team. All right. I was there, and, and uh, incidentally, Longford are very much creeping into the title race, despite the fact they obviously weren't playing tonight. Things are not looking badly at all there. Yeah, no, I'm ple- uh, pleasantly surprised. I have to say, um, squad is probably a little bit light, so a couple of injuries that would worry me. But um, look, hopefully, if we're still creeping around the top come the summer, uh, the big man, the chairman, he might uh, throw a few extra pound at gas there. So look, look, we'll 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 wait and we'll wait and see. But I'm I'm just out of Oriel actually. I was at the the Sligo game this evening. Um, my God, I couldn't believe how how poor Sligo were. Um, really, really poor performance. Um, couldn't really tell you what way they were playing. Very direct, but no real game plan. Um, I thought physically as well, getting pushed off the ball very easily. And in the second half, I, I thought I really summed it up. I'm not sure if they're just lacking in confidence or what, but they were trying to play out from the back. They were pressed by a couple of Dundalk players. Uh, I can't remember who it was that had the ball for Sligo, but he literally just kicked the ball straight out for a throw-in. Uh, that's how low they were on confidence in that second half. So, um, if I was a Sligo fan now making that trip this evening, I, I would be asking. I'd be asking serious questions. What did you make of Dundalk here? They weren't. They didn't have to play that well, Johnny. To, to be honest with you, um, they weren't at their best. But um, Bradley in the first half was very effective. He got the two assists. Uh, thought McGinty maybe could have done better for the first one. I have to see it back. But he tries to get a fist on the cross, and he kind of just palms it straight to to Huben, who tapped in. Now Patrick Huben had a very good game. He held the ball up really well, brought players into the game. Uh, the likes of Bradley there was giving poor old Paddy Kirk an awful an awful night in the first half. But um, they didn't really have to play that well, Dundalk. In truth, it was comfortable night. Last five minutes was a little bit hairy. Uh, Sligo score off a long throw. Mata, who was their only kind of presence up front, really, he gets his head on it and flicks it over uh, Shepard, who had a good game for Dundalk. But first five minutes, Sligo started well. They actually forced a couple of good saves out of Shepard. But after that, they just showed absolutely no ambition in the game at all. I thought their approach was extremely negative. What was the crack with Keane then? Shane said it was like, geez, I mean, he was being a big loss. And I, I, I'm like Shane, I was amazed to see him being taken off at half time. Yeah, he just he wasn't involved in the game at all in the first half. He was just uh, boil and I thought Conley had a very good game. I've seen bits and pieces of him this year. Uh, the only, I suppose the only concern, he got a booking in the first 60 seconds. Um, and I was thinking he's quite aggressive in how he plays. Uh, you'd be just a little bit worried maybe he gets sent off. But he managed himself well. And I suppose he had Boyle there alongside him just to help him through the game as well. But they were never under any pressure. Any pressure that came from Sligo was through a Dundalk mistake. There was a couple of times they gave away the ball in midfield and Sligo had a few chances on the counter-attack. But uh, in terms of Sligo really creating any chances, apart from the last five minutes where they scored from the long throw and they had a few crosses into the box, there was absolutely nothing from them. It was a, it was a shocking performance. Kieran, I see another early change in that game was was Robbie Benson. I'm assuming that's a, that was an injury. What, what yeah, happened? Uh, pu- pu- pulled up with the hammy straight away, so I'd say he'll be out for a while. Uh, it's very been very stop start from so far, hasn't it? Yeah, it has and uh, Doyle came on from then, and it didn't have a great game to be true uh, to be truthful with you. Very very hard to get into the game. He actually gave the ball away quite a bit in midfield, and one or two of them led to a few half chances for Sligo. So um, I think the Dolphins were kind of aware of that at the start of the year. If they if they did get a few injuries, they they might maybe struggle. So. Mm. 
so I suppose they'll be looking to the summer window as well. I just heard you chatting about Bose earlier on. It was at, um, Bose and Drotter the last week over in, in heading the game. Um, and I, I was chatting about this during the week elsewhere. Just saying Bose game management is absolutely horrific. Um, the game in Drotter the last week was one of the poorest games I've seen in a long, long time. I'm not sure if I'm a curse or something. Any game I go to, the quality seems to be quite poor. But um, they were they were comfortable in the game last week without doing a whole pile. They scored from a, from a penalty early on and Drotada even I was speaking to Kevin Doherty after the game and he said how poor Drotada were um, it didn't it just, it's just like both thought they were just going to coast to a 1-0 but for the last 20 minutes their midfield went totally missing and I was looking to the bench and thinking come on Keith you have to do something here to try and stem this, the flow of this and just kill the game off and they just let Drotada slowly and slowly into the game and then the only bit of quality last week was uh, a ball out to Dylan Grimes and he beat a couple of players played it across to Dean Williams one touch and he rifled it into the bottom corner and it was a game that both they threw away the two points so again tonight there I see a couple of red cards for Harps and they can't see the game out so I think everyone has praised Keith Long over the last couple of years the job he's done and rightfully so he's had to rebuild time after time but I think for the first time now you'd have to start looking at the manager there and I think there's a few managers I was saying this a few weeks ago there's a lot of fans that aren't happy with their manager I can't remember this early in the season you've probably got five or six managers there even down in the first division you're looking at Bray I know they got a great result tonight but a lot of their fans not happy with Devo I know uh, you've been talking Johnny about the style of football under Caulfield there um, there's a few other managers Ian Morris as well has had a few critics this season so there's a lot of impatient fans out there at the moment. It's going to be interesting over the next few weeks. Looking forward to seeing Burko's, Burko's odds and who's, uh, who's next for the sack. So, yeah, that's for sure. Here, listen, thanks a million for the call. Really appreciate it. Fair play to you. Peter, um, you've been waiting patiently there. Tell us, what were you watching tonight? I was down at the UCD Bowl. Uh, UCD against Rada. And, um, yeah, a bit of a, a, a game the UCD needed to win and they didn't, which is unfortunate. Um so hard to know. Ten games in, four points for UCD. Uh, they're they're in a fairly difficult position. You would have said at this stage. Did they deserve to get anything from the game, Peter? Um, I suppose it was a big turning point. The penalty for Drogheda just after the hour mark, which Chris Lyon scored. Um, Sean Brennan was uh, pinged for handball. Uh, now I was chatting to some of the lads. Like we were on one side of the ground. I was chatting to some lads on the other side of the ground. They said they didn't think it was a handball. I can't say for certain. But from our end of the ground, it looked like he was outside the box. So, um, that was a big turning point. But like, yeah, I don't know. Jack Keeney was injured, our central midfielder, skipper usually. Um, and then Liam Kerrigan came off reasonably early in the game. Uh, I'm not sure if he was injured or what the story was, but uh, yeah, he came off in the in the second half as well. So that was a bit of a blow for us. But um, yeah, that, that gap to eighth place with the thing to be more wearing like Harps or whatever, three points ahead of us or maybe four points ahead of us now. But um, you'd be worried about the Are gap to eighth place. <laughs> yeah, you, you would probably think that at this stage, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and what, what is it? <laughs> There's what, a few what positives. Is what is it, Peter? Is it just is it just the the gap in quality between the Premier and the First? Because you like I mean, you were so good to watch last season, absolutely so good to watch, and so many impressive young players. Um, is it just the gap, or is there anything that that needs to be done there that can help turn the season around? I don't know in terms of like the youth in the squad it's, you know it's a young squad obviously in terms of say central midfield Paul Doyle's obviously gone to up to Dundalk um, the squad depth isn't there you're dependent on Colin Whelan who has three men around him every time the ball comes near him um, he got the goal in Sligo last week and that was just like a sort of a reminder for uh, for Drogheda for Kevin Doherty coming to the ball tonight that like just make sure you have two men in him every time he got near the ball um, you know he was just marked out of it so yeah there's obviously a difference in quality, quality between the, the first division and the Premier Division but it's just over-dependence on one man who just hasn't quite found form this year and there's nobody there to step up and, and, and find their mark. Draw to Peter. Three wins, three draws from 10 games. They beat Dundalk at home. Uh, the only team to beat Dundalk so far. Like, that's a cracking start, I would argue. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's they'll be absolutely delighted. They're up in that, that kind of mad group where they could, you know, they could nearly go on a uh, hunt for Europe uh, at this stage. They're, you know, they're only a couple of points off fourth position. So, um yeah, they look good. I went up to the game in Head in the Game Park when they played UCD in one four two, and again, you know, they seem to be able to score goals when they need to. So yeah, they they, they look good tonight. But yeah, as we said earlier on, I'd be I'd be fairly worried for UCD and for Andy Myler. And this is the second time in four seasons you've gone up and haven't really competed in the division, I suppose. Yeah, it does, Johnny. It does just show the gap, doesn't it? Because I, I thought they were they were absolutely brilliant to watch. But I suppose they're they're the quintessential yo-yo team, really, aren't they? 
brilliant young players, you know, their football does their talking for them in the first division, but just come up short, I suppose, physically and, and, and tactically when they when they make the jump into yeah. the Premier. But Shane, like the, the, you know, the, as I said before, the playoffs the last couple of seasons have been absolutely bizarre because Watford, like you couldn't, you couldn't actually write the capitulation that they had. They should, the, and and then the season before, Shelburne's capitulation wasn't far off. Neither of them should have been losing to the first division team. And in this instance, UCD, who who survived a, a real wobble against Treaty, I mean, I thought Galway United were comfortably the second best team in the first division last season. So UCD weren't even in the top two teams, and I wouldn't have fancied that Galway United team to make much of a fist of it in the Premier Division this season. So it's. It's it's no surprise, and it's it's you just hope that they kind of improve a bit and their players get a bit of experience and that they get a win. But um, I mean, with the lads likely going in the summer, they are really screwed. I would have thought. Yeah, it's tough going. Peter, thank you very much for your call and and your your opinions. Cheers, fair play to you, Tyg. You've been holding on for us. What game are you watching tonight, Tyg? Unmute yourself, there, Tyg. Can you hear us, Tyg? Nothing coming through. Uh, oh, there we are. Now. How are you? There we go. How's things? Good, good, good. I hope you were worked away for us, Tyke. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> I was watching the the Shells and Derry game tonight. I was watching ah, this this I was watching this, is, this is the kind of call I was looking forward to hearing. All right. Well, what the hell happened there? Um. So basically, first half from a Shells point of view was it wasn't great. They were kind of trying to stay compact and keeping it tight, but. Um, they ended up. I think that there was a touch, maybe of a handball in the build-up to Derry's goal, but um, mm. they ended up breaking mm. us down anyway. And to be honest, we they Derry played well first half. I thought the pressing was very impressive. Like we couldn't string two passes together. Um, and then second half, we just came out different team altogether. Um, just thirteen hope. points from fifteen on the road. Like this is insane. That's outrageous. But we've only well, how many have we got at home though? It's total opposite. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, hopefully I'd love to just play play away from home every week would be much better. But um, <laughs> but um no second half was unbelievable. They they just pulled their socks up and I thought it was like a chess game with the two gaffers. Duffer came out and he played I think he made three subs at once and that was like the first move and it just yeah. like, turned the game on its head a bit and then Brody Rod- ask- Higgins tried to react to it with his subs. I was and I was going just, to ask that time. Yeah, I was going to ask that because I'm I'm jumping to conclusions here in that arguably one of the most impressive players I saw over the first two games was Jack Moylan. I see Jack Moylan come on in the 59th minute tonight, and all of a sudden you go from one 0 down to winning the game two one. Had he had he had he a big impact on things? Has he has he bounced straight back into being a live wire, or or is it just coincidence that he was on the field when things turned? Um, he he didn't look out of place anyway. Uh, he didn't look rusty at all. He definitely contributed all right. Um, I would have said probably Brian McManus. Obviously, he scored the goal, but he came in and he filled in at right wing back. Um, and then we had Thomas. You see, was playing right wing back, and it was his first game in a long time. And he picked up a yellow early doors, so he was and he was marking. Um, what's his name? Akunde. Um, Akintunde. Yeah, he was giving him a. He was giving him a, a good run around, like to be honest with you. So when Brian came in, he just looked like he had a bit more legs about him, and he just got—he seemed to get up the pitch a good bit more. And he was just there to support the kind of the likes of Jack Moylan and Shane Farrell. Obviously, played very well again. And um, he was one I would def- i wanted to mention actually because, to be honest, I probably would have been—he would have been one of the players coming up this season where I was thinking, "Is this, you know, is this the end of the road for Shane mm, Farrell now?" He's one of our own like, and all that as well. Yeah, but but it was kind of one of those like, is he, you know, is he going to be able to to step it up to the Premier Division and kind of cement his place in the team? And then I kind of thought he might be a bit of a bit part player, but the last couple of weeks, I have to say, he's been he's been fantastic, um, and he took his goal well tonight as well. So yeah, all around very positive from Michelle's point of view. Johnny, we're 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 here we're hearing there. we're hearing Shane Farrell's name every week, really, aren't we? Yeah, it was a cracking goal last week. Like, in fairness, I didn't realise it at the game. I think the Tolkien pitch um, conspired against Lee Grace a bit. The ball kind of took a bounce, but uh, he was lively. And, like, um, I don't know, Shane, like, for Damien Duff to have masterminded uh, 13 points from 15 on the road, I know they've had issues uh, in Tolkien, and, like, it was a late defeat last week. 
But himself and Joey O'Brien, like they, 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 I think they'll see massive positives in it. And you can really see, I was at the Harps game where they were awful. But other than that, like um, they've, they've been consistent, really, really uh, well set up on the road. And the two of them, I think they'll look back on the first 10 games with a lot of satisfaction. Because bear in mind, they didn't have Moylan for most of that. Like who everyone recognises is, is, is a dynamic attacking player. And they've missed that. Their midfielders are a little bit samey, good players. But they just needed that spark because McInniff hasn't worked out yet. And with Moylan coming back now they're going to be a serious uh, force I think in a lot of games not to get carried away with myself Johnny but I think I did predict shells to, to slowly but gradually stay improving but that's that's a huge role it's a big 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 blow for Derry though yeah well I, I think in fairness um, I, I, I don't know what Tyg made of Derry tonight but Derry, Derry would probably be a little bit flattered by the start that they've had they've had three very li- like late wins and so on and so forth um, but to go 1-0 up um, you know, you don't expect them to lose the game. They'll still be delighted with uh, with their start so far. But I think tonight in the title race was was a big night because you'd have to say Pats are kind of edging away from it and Rovers, like, basically gained three points in Derry and they're only getting going as well. That's for sure. Tyg, fair play. Listen, thanks for filling us in on that one because it was a huge, huge game tonight. That's for sure. Cheers, lads. Um, listen, I suppose we don't we don't normally allow uh, people on with no names, Sean. But I, I have to say, I do like the, the look of the name Love the Liberties. So, who's behind Love the Liberties, and what have we got to tell How us? How are you, lads? Andy is my name. I am a club photographer for Shamrock Rovers. So I get week Lovely. in, week out to see close up uh, what's happening on the pitch. And uh, brilliant, Andy. Well, what are you seeing? I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of. Sort of super stuff coming out of Rovers, um, and there's a lot of great lads on the bench to bring on, you know, as, as the game progresses. But tonight, I think Cabo coming back on the pitch made a big impact on, on his side of the- That was fantastic to see. Yeah, wasn't it? it was brilliant. The ball, anytime he was getting the ball, he was getting it into him, to Danny or Rory um, and the lads there. But it was also great to see. He's an absolute... He's a wizard of a player. Like, his left foot is like... he's such, If he were a bit quicker, he'd be a Premier League player. I yeah, I've, I've watched him over the last five years. And, and fortunately, um, injury injury has uh, put him out of a lot of games. Mm. But, like, as, when Jack came on board in the club, Cabo was starting every week, him and Joey O'Brien. And, my God, he was some player. And Andy Lyons has kind of filled in that gap. And Perugia as well. But... The talent, the talent that's at that team now at the moment is just, it's just starting to blossom and come together and it sets us up lovely for Monday night, you know. You're looking at it again tonight, Shane. I mean, Dylan Watts um, not starting. Lines didn't didn't play. Sean Gannon didn't play. Um, I thought Danny Mandrew was absolutely outstanding. Um, and I, 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 you know, the reports that he's had a few issues this season, so on and so forth. His body language has betrayed that a bit. Uh, I thought I, I, I really like Danny Mandrew as a guy. I think he's a, he's a good kid. He just needs to focus on his football and the performance in his cameo last week to set up the goal when he could have gone himself. And what a beautiful ball for the winner tonight. That bit of quality that separated them. Ah, yeah. Look, I, I know, I know. We keep saying it every week, but you kind of do have to, don't you? I mean, you look, you just look at the changes. Like you look at the Aaron Green, Dylan Watts, Neil Ferruja, Chris McCann, Sean Gannon. They are the five subs that entered the field for Shamrock Rovers tonight. That is ridiculous. There is hardly a League of Ireland team that those five players wouldn't wouldn't make. I mean, Dylan Watts is the best player in pretty much any other League of Ireland team. Um, yep. it's just it's just incredible incredible a, a, a amount of talent it really really is and that's why again look it's a good night for me saying it but that's why I, I just can't see how in the long haul the cream doesn't rise to the top there because it's 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 an absolute embarrassment riches I mean you would be looking and you would be saying such as such is is Andy Lyon's early season form that Andy Lyon should be a massive massive loss there but he's replaced by who like he's replaced by Sean Kavanagh who as you've said is technically as good as any player in the league he, he really really is um, and that's still with Neil Ferrugia in, in reserve and Barry Cotter not been on the field either like the amount of options they have in every single position is is just absolutely crazy I, I, and I, you know, I think I tonight as well um, I think as, as well tonight um, Pico Lopez coming back was a big big boost yeah it definitely was I think um, I just know it was over recent games Jack seems to be playing a more deeper role than previous seasons, and I'm not sure whether that's Brad uh, decision Brad has made or they've talked about it, but he doesn't seem to be in, in that attacking position where he's knocking in 30-yard top corner goals, um, which, you know, that's something that maybe, you know, needs to look at. 
he probably he probably gets a little bit frustrated, doesn't he? Because he's he's the kind of player who wants to be on the pitch all of the time yeah. or on the ball, sorry, all of the time. Because he's obviously he is he's he's a ridiculously ridiculously talented player. Um, so he is. So he wants to be on the ball. And the problem is, is you're coming up against teams who are saying, okay, look at the quality Rovers have. We've no option here but to drop deep and 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 form two banks on the edge of our eighteen. And then Jack is probably saying, oh, I'm not getting the ball, I'm not getting the ball. And so he goes deep looking for it. But I'd say the point you're probably making to a certain extent is you'd probably rather be on the ball five, six times in key yeah. dangerous areas yeah. than be on it 20 times in, in deeper, deeper areas. areas. Exactly, exactly. Because I just noticed when you're sitting in the corner with the, the lads from Info and Sportsfile, you get to see, you get to see channels open wide up in front of players and you're, you're, you're nearly saying to yourself, just go into it, give him the ball and push it through that channel instead, you know, instead of going wide with the ball. But again, that's the, that's the photographer's eye on the side of the pitch. You tend to you see a little bit more than the people in the stands because you have your eye on the camera and you're close up in the lens. Um, but a great result, a great result, and hopefully it sets us up lovely now for Monday night uh, when that crowd comes to town, you know? Absolutely. Listen, it sounds like you have the kind of job that, that most of our callers could only dream of having, so enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's all I can say. But listen, thanks a million for, for your thoughts on things. Brilliant to hear that, that, that Rovers fans are, are happy with the way things are going at the moment. Jonathan, were you at Dundalk's game or Drogheda's game? Which is it? Tell us. I was actually neither. I was J- Jonathan was in the RSC. Yeah, uh, watching the... Uh... Alex Murphy show again. Um, How good is Alex Murphy, Jonathan? Like tonight, he just keeps going up and up and up and up and up in mine and yours estimation. Yeah, well, I keep going back to the that uh, the confusion in the press box the first night when this sixteen-year-old kid just appeared on the team sheet and everyone's going, "Who Alex? <laughs> who's Alex Murphy?" And I'm going, "Lads, you're going to know about this kid. Um, just a remarkable talent, uh, another commanding performance, and just watch the cross for the for the opening goal. It just." It, te- it took out the whole water defence. It was a brilliant finish in the end from, from Manu Dimas as well, but the, the, the pass and, uh, you know, Patterson is quite, is quite a quite a good winger at this level as well. Two goals last week against Cove and he didn't get a sniff and they kept targeting him and the more he put, pressed up, they tried to get in behind him. He's just, he's just, a, he's a Rolls Royce. Well, this is the thing, Jonathan, like you're, you're looking at him and everyone says Alex is a, is a ball playing centre back. But like the more he plays, I honestly, and I don't know, Shane, what you think. I don't know what his position is because he literally could nearly play in about five or six positions at the moment and be fairly comfortable. And bear in mind, he doesn't turn 18 until the summer. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not as I'm not as well placed. I've I've only seen snippets of the fella. You're watching him on a regular basis. What I will say is that I spoke to a I spoke to a man who will just say should should be in the know in terms of 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 where his long term future is and where he's best. And yeah, he said to me that he sees him as long term sees him as a left sided centre half. But like Johnny, like you know, so many young players who do end up as centre halves, they do always appear as full backs first. Like, you know, you you know, I'm thinking mm. back to I'm thinking back to Premier League players like Jamie Carragher coming in at right back before becoming a, a brilliant centre back and, and as a Spurs fan, Ledley King, Saul Campbell both did it. You know, fellas like that, um, they do often appear at full back before but like, before centre back. But he seems to be set to the world of light bombing forward. Yeah. Do you really want to curtail that? And Jonathan, like when he when he came on the scene last season, like I I was thinking, like this guy can defend, um, he looks comfortable, but like he's totally gone to an, an, a totally different level in terms of on the ball. Yeah, and it's his strength as well, his composure, both ends of the pitch. He's turning into a, just turning into an absolute Rolls Royce. It's incredible to watch, really, um, just how good he's getting. Um, and there's times you think like it's completely, you know, he's bet he's the wrong side, but he's just that. He's present. He's, he's a grown man, as you said. He turns eighteen at the end of the at the end of June. But he's he's just beyond these years, and it's just more and more composed to getting. And this is sides are regularly trying to target, as I said tonight. Waterford try clearly try to target to get in behind them, and you know large people that maybe have watched them week in week out say that maybe you know on a one on one depending on how is he. He stood strong like command tonight and was commanding. To be fair, the whole goalie team did. But yeah, no, he's just a, a special special player, and unfortunately. Uh, from a Galway United perspective, we're not going to see him for much longer. 
And what about the irony of that as well? The fact that, you know, Shane, the, the, the Saudi takeover, which looked like it was going to happen, never happens. <laughs> Go United will eventually be beneficiaries of <laughs> Saudi money because he's going to Newcastle. There you are. Very, very true. I hadn't thought of that one, Johnny. But yeah, that is a, that is a nice little link up. All right. Not Long little... live Mohammed bin Salman and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Careful now, out. <laughs> look, you'd, you'd hope it works out. You'd really hope it works out for young fella because he seems to, he really, really does seem to have all, all of the attributes. You'd wonder the way the two of you were talking about him would actually left hand side of, of a three man centre back line. One hundred percent, and 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 that that left side like that can basically make um, spurts forward as well. And you know the way Ireland have done that a bit, he would be absolutely ideal for that. But I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind playing him up front at the moment. To be honest, he's playing that well. He's that good. He's that impressive, that's for sure. Jonathan, apologies for putting you on the wrong side of the country. I had you mixed up with somebody else. But listen, fair play to you for, for filling us in. Um, we'll jump to David. David, talk to us. What were you watching? How are you, lads? Uh, I, was, I wasn't I was at it, though. I was watching the treaty at, at long game. Uh, I was watching on LI, well, LI TV. Great service. Uh, I was supposed to make it up now, but I was watching it. But... Um, Typical game, you know. It's a good point for Treaty. I thought that they they went the goal down. I think it was the seventy eighth, seventy ninth minute. Um, and Stephen Christopher, I think he has been an absolute revelation since he's come down to Treaty. Um, cracker goal. Then in the last five minutes, they, should, they actually they looked like they were going to go on and win at that stage. They had the momentum, but geez, I think they're they're having a great couple of seasons now. You know, um, looks like they'll push for the playoff position again. David, it's been, I was at I was at the game um, a couple of weeks ago, the home game against Cork, where obviously they didn't perform uh, treaty. The, re- the response since then has been been really, really good. And I mean, again, I know, look, you could argue maybe they might have been looking to take three points, but I saw that as a banana skin for them tonight. And as you say, it's probably a good point in the end. They, the response Tommy has got from the players over the last couple of weeks has, has, has been excellent, hasn't it? Yeah, that's one thing. Like, you know, the... Majority of the players are, are, are amateur on a tiny budget, and for them to turn around and get results after that result against Cork, it looked like you know are they out of their depth? Like Cork are in a different league, you know. They'll, I think they'll run away with the league. Um, you've Galway as well going well, but other than that, I mean, I Waterford, you know, to be beating Waterford at home and and after the result against Cork, and then to go up to that loan and get like that loan had the bounce after, you know, Russell. Martin Russell left during the week. There was a reaction from the players there. You could see it. Um, so it actually is a good point that they got up there. I, 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 Christopher's goal was a cracker. He's been. He's. I think he would do well in the in the in the Premier Division at this stage. You know, he's 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 a fine player and the best years are ahead of him as well. Like you know. Um, it's, but it, it's probably probably looking at it. It's probably a battle, is it, between yourselves, Wexford and Bray? To to, I mean, it's hard to see Cork, Galway, Longford, Waterford. Hard to see those four not taking the four the top five, the top four spots in whatever order. So, do you think you've got mm. enough to 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 keep ahead of Wexford and Bray? It's tough. Like that, I to be honest with you, I think the reaction was from from last year. You know, it was a, the the first season as a club and the squad coming together and. You know, there's the infamous story of Tommy throwing the squad together in a few days, and and people, I think most most fans expected it to kind of fall through away, and they got the playoff place. And I think that there was that burnout in the end, but I don't think anyone expected the second season to be going. Now there has been mixed results, but like, and I think they are struggling with goals. You look at it there, like, but Curran has been fantastic coming in. That's that's what they missed last year was an out and out striker. Yeah, he's, he seems to to be fair. He he definitely gives them, as you say, he's definitely given them an option that they 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 didn't have. And in fairness to him, I think he's 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 really like he likes being the he likes being the man, and he's producing there. He's he's definitely doing very very well, Johnny. Like there was every chance there, Johnny. That that uh, he's kind of David's kind of half hinted at it there. Having overachieved so dramatically last year, there was a hell of a chance that they go out and suffer a serious serious dose of second season syndrome there this year. Really wasn't there, but they've managed to avoid that so far. Totally, yeah. I think Tommy Barrett's a brilliant manager, and uh, you know, as David said, just patch, 
cobbling the team together before last season. They were very, very competitive. And uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm reliably informed. Like those players are paying for playing for little more than expenses, and they're, they're not. Not only that, they're not even all from Limerick. So they're lads coming from various parts of the country, including Galway, as he mentioned. And uh, he, he's a great spirit there. I think they're, you know, Lim- Limerick's Limerick's football has been a massive, massive underachiever. It's years and years and years I think since Limerick has produced an Ireland international. But the interest is there, and I think this could be um, the start of some for them I, I think Tommy's done a terrific job there's big interest down there um, I know that their, their football isn't necessarily pretty at times but that will improve and big big contenders for the playoffs yeah I think they have to be I mean actually it's funny you mentioned there about Limerick there hasn't been I think it's since the 80s a, a Limerick born player um, that has grown up in Limerick has played with Ireland so you know the issues that stem with senior soccer over the last 20, 30 years, it's a lot deeper than the senior club itself, you know, you're competing with rugby and GA and everything in the city and um, I think fans last year were just delighted to get a team back into the league and they did completely overachieve, so for them to even be in with a chance of the playoff this year, I think is is massive and I think people expect that after that rubbing against Cork, you know, like here we go, you know, it's going to be a long season or are they going to struggle again but it's it's a crazy league if you look at the if you look at the result, uh, the, the the first game down in, in Ferry Carrick Park and they beat Wexford 5-1 and now Wexford are going strong and they're just a point behind them and I know Treaty have a game in hand but it's just, Adam goes a run of farm that can push in and hold the place in the playoff. I just think it's it it's about self-belief at this stage and that's what Tommy, that's what Tommy has instilled in the team really like. Um, and you can, re- you can really see it. Yep, yep. No, you've summed it up brilliantly, David, there for us. Fair play. Listen, thanks very much for, thanks, for the guys. call. Keep us up to date over the next few weeks on, on things there. Um, Paul, you've been waiting. What have you got to, to, to chat to us about, Paul? Oh, Paul's just jumped back to listener. He's gone to me, is he? Hey there, Paul. We'll jump to Adam, will we? Uh, Adam, just connecting to you there at the moment. What were you watching tonight, Adam? Uh, yeah, I was at Furry Carrick Park for uh, for the Wexford game tonight. Thankfully, uh, great to get a, a win after coming so close to taking the full three points to Galway last week. You got you got more goals than anybody tonight. So, Adam, tell us about the performance. It was obviously impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I look off to an absolute flyer of a start, but obviously Jack Doherty um, with an absolute. I, I'm not just saying it as a Wexford fan, but a, an absolute screamer of goals to get us underway, but. Unfortunately, as things have been the last couple of weeks, especially at home at Furry Carrick, we seem to be conceding a lot of early goals and Luke Desmond got the equaliser literally two minutes later. But from there on in, sort of Wexford took control of the game. Connor Barry was absolutely super in the 10. And I, I know sort of being down around the stands there before the game, a lot of people were sort of maybe wondering, obviously, a couple of changes, Connor Barry coming in. Um, I suppose no Dinny Corcoran in the team tonight started to start off, you know what I mean? Um Connor Davis on the bench, Leno, Selvin, Leno Sullivan on the bench as well. But I tell you, whatever he and Ryan done tonight, it worked perfectly. You know what I mean? The football that we played at times tonight was was absolutely super. And I suppose the boys could have been a bit disheartened to concede late on away to Galway. But to go and start to take three points out of home to Cove, a point off Galway last week, it puts us in a great a great position to go down to Treaty um, on Limerick. And then obviously the big South Derby next Friday night at Furry Carrick Park as well. So like at, to see the start in Treaty tonight of Jack Doherty, Connor Barry and Aaron Dobbs all get goals was absolutely super. There's a big crowd in Wexford tonight. It was, it, it fills you with belief, you know what I mean? We're, we're a point off Treaty now. I know Treaty have a game in hand. Waterford have a very tough game um, at home to Cork coming on Monday night. So it just... It, Ian Ryan is doing an absolutely super job for me. Um, I've been part of the media team commentating since the start of the season. I've been a long-term Wexford FC fan. And just to sort of have to have a crowd back at Furry Carrick Park, to have a team that are actually playing some really, really nice football, it's just such a positive thing for the South East. Shane, you know you know your Wexford accent. That is a proper Wexford accent. And I, I have to say, Adam, I'm very encouraged to hear that there's a crowd coming in because I think Ian is a very promising young manager. I know it's not easy when you're probably bringing in players from Dublin. I think they're training in Carlo IT, but obviously people are responding. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, and I think pe- people are starting to sort of to hear the tri- trickle through, sort of through the town, I suppose. And look, unfortunately, Furry Carrick Park's not in the middle of Wexford Town. It probably would be better if we were in there. But there, look, there's a great, great mm. pitch out there. Four or 500 people again tonight in Furry Carrick Park. Um, 
the our our old, I suppose, voice in the stand, Raw H, back in the stand tonight, looking to bring a big a big crowd in for the for the Waterford game. The old chance, even even though they're youth chance, it's great to hear the old chance are back. You know what I mean? But it, it's the team for me that that he sort of put in place since he's come in. I know he didn't have the full season last year, but from sort of from when Ian Ryan came in halfway through the season last year to now, the difference in in the Wexford team over the last say, two or three years is just absolutely super. He has some some lads playing absolutely super super football manly at the back either at the moment Alex Moody committed against Galway he had another opportunity tonight two games there so there's great competition for the goalkeeper positions he made a save at 3-2 up tonight that kept Sort of call from getting back to sort of a three all and really forcing it into the last half hour. I think he, he he's a super goalkeeper. It's great to see him and Hunt sort of being really competitive. You know what I mean? Adam, uh, obviously, I gave the five or six years or whatever I was down there, so I know money has always been kind of you know to be fair to the club, they try and and they don't over overspend or don't overstretch their budget, which which makes it all the more amazing to me that the the amount of attacking talent you've managed to assemble is 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 ridiculous. As you've said, you had Jack Connor and and Aaron Dobbs as as a front three tonight. They've all gotten the score sheet, and that's with that's with with with, with Davis and 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 Dinny Corcoran as as two subs. Like you've got you've got as much attacking talent as as anybody in the division. Yeah, look, I, I won't lie. When I seen these sort of transfers starting to filter through over the summer, I was sort of I was saying to myself, Lord, have we got a have we got a takeover here in the summer that I haven't heard about or <laughs> And look, look, a lot of it has to go as look. Ian Ryan seems to be bringing and attracting some really good players in. He's obviously doing the right thing behind the scenes with the team. They're they're training hard. Like I suppose you can look at players then, like young players even that are there. Say, look at say look, young Evan Farrell who's come right through the academy, played a lot of football last year, and like. At times, was your first striker to come off the bench last year. I think sort of last year towards the end of the season, that's what killed us a little bit. I think we could have finished a little bit higher, but we didn't have strength and depth. Whereas you look at you look at the bench tonight: Paul Hunt, Kevin McAvoy, Connor Davis, young Leno Sullivan. Since he's come in, has been absolutely superb. Vinnie Parker, like to have players like that to be able to bring off the bench makes such a massive difference. You got four two up tonight. He was out to empty the bench. Five changes, obviously with a view to going down to trading Monday night now, but like. To be able to go down to Treaty Monday night, one point off Treaty. Not saying we will take three points. I'd love to think we will. Um, if we could take three points off Treaty, and say we don't know what way maybe Cork and Waterford go. I'd like. To, I think the Cork will take three points off Waterford personally myself. But like to be able to go potentially into a Treaty on potentially only a point, maybe two points off Waterford next Friday night will be absolutely electric. You know what I mean? Yeah, on 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 Waterford, Adam. Um, great result for Galway United tonight. Yeah. Massive, massive win. I did. I I thought Waterford were poor, to be honest. Um, the, the, you know, they didn't seem to have much of a shape. They didn't create much. They hit the bar twice in a from a set piece in the second half. But um, I don't know. They've they've had a very very poor start. Like a Cork Cork not winning tonight was a bit of a surprise. But yeah. um, you know, I thought it was a three horse race. But at the moment, Waterford are are basically playoff proposition the way they're playing. Yeah, well, that's it. Like I, I travelled down to the RSC to watch Wexford play Waterford, and I thought we were so unlucky that night to not come away with at least a point. Missed chances right at the end, hitting the crossbar. But I haven't been massively impressed with Waterford myself. And look, it's. It's very, very, very early days, but it's like you said, it looks like to me that it's going to be Cork Galway Longford definitely. And to me, it looks like it could be a big battle between Waterford, Treaty, Wexford, and Bray for sort of that fourth and fifth spot. I know you mentioned there previously just a while back that it could be between maybe Treaty, Wexford, and Bray, but between but the way Waterford are going at the moment, Waterford are going to get dragged into that dog into a dog battle battle for those spots. You know what I mean? He's in, he's in, he's enjoying that, Johnny. He's going to stick the boot in on on Waterford and any chance he has. Adam, listen, yeah. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant to get an update from the Saudis. Fair play to you. Thanks, thanks a million, Paul. Thanks. We're lad. going to make another. We're, we're going to make another go at this, Paul. You can probably blame me, the inexperienced uh, host, for cutting you off the last time by accident. So hopefully we can hear you this time round. Sorry, guys, I can't hear you there. Can you hear us, Paul? Hello, Paul. No, have we got you, Paul? No, I think we're going to bad, bad, bad night for us trying to chat to Paul. Unfortunately, so his things not going right. A lot of us, a so. lot of very notable people uh, listening in tonight. Uh, we won't name names, but um, some some powerful uh, people in the world of football, Shane. So that's encouraging. I'm I'm seeing that. All right, I'm seeing that, James. Um, James over at the Sligo game as well tonight. Where are you, James? Can you hear me? We can. Can uh, you hear us? How are you? How are you keeping? I'm just driving home at the minute. Not too bad. Good. Well, James, fill us in. What did you make of things tonight? Oh, I'm, I'm disappointed to say the least, Shane. Uh, no, very disappointing few days uh, <clears throat> as a Sligo fan. 
one point from 12 uh, with three home games is not what I wanted, not what any fan wanted. Uh, really just hasn't hasn't worked. There's just, I don't know what it is for us. Uh, Dundalk, I give yeah, it to they weren't we, great tonight. Uh, we just sat off and we were just, one earlier caller said that was looking at the game as well, said that they put a bit of pressure on us and he just kicked it out for a throw-in. Uh, very just, I don't know what it is with us at the minute. We're just not, we're not there. And, and at, at some point, you have to stop blaming the players and look at the backroom staff. Uh, like, Niall Moran, who arguably wasn't great towards the end of last season, got a rejuvenation this year and really stuck into that starting eleven for Sligo Rovers. He hasn't played the last few games. And uh, obviously one of the other noticeable things was Greg Bolger coming off at half-time this evening. Been straight up with you, Shane. I don't know how that man got into the starting eleven tonight after his performances over the last home games. Niall Moran, I thought, should have been straight in there. Um, the, the midfield, I think, is just getting overrun that bit more. We're just having to lump the ball long. We've done it. We did it. We did it uh, at the two other home games. You know, it, we, we started off very well. You know, we're, we were in a great spot coming into this. But one point from, from a possible 12 with three home games, a draw against UCD, which, to be fair, UCD should have taken that uh, we did not deserve to win in the showgrounds that night, and I can tell you that honestly. Or it was a, it yeah, was a listen. You know, we were we, Sligo. Sligo, Sligo fans are not happy tonight, James. That's that's for sure. You're echoing the, the, the thoughts of, of one of our earlier callers. But, uh, no, look, you're, you're backing up what he's saying. What I'm going to try and do, James, thank you very much for, for, for dialing into us. I'm going to try and cheer things up for Sligo fans because we do have, uh, we do have a, a notable Sligo name on the, on the line here at the moment. This isn't going to cheer them up. He doesn't even play for them anymore. Ah, listen, they're going to love hearing from them all going well. Johnny Kenny, how are you keeping? Can you hear us, Johnny? Can you take yourself off mute? Are you gone shy on us, Johnny? This is our one big chance. Uh, Come on, Johnny. He ex- he... <laughs> we need the two Johnnies tonight. Come on, Johnny. Nah, he's 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 disappeared. He's disappeared on us. He might get brave and come back to us in a minute. It's good to hear, see that he's listening anyway. That's for sure. Luke, Luke, tell us what game were you at tonight? What story, lads? Was that Rovers v Pats? Well, Luke, what did you make of that one? Big win? Ah, uh, yeah, it was a big win. Yeah, no, we we played well. We had a lot of the ball. Um, Alamanis made a very big save in the first half, but uh. Yeah, no, a bit of magic by Danny. Not uh, tidy finish by Rory. Yeah, no, it was a big three points, especially what the result uh, transpired up in Derry. But uh, yeah, I'll take one nil every day of the week if it means we win the league at the end of the year. So yeah, happy enough. What 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 was the what were the big pluses? What were the, the biggest? Uh, I suppose yeah. What were the biggest pluses from the performance, Luke? Well, Sean Kavanagh coming back into the team was a big yeah. one. Obviously, um, he hasn't really had a good run of games since twenty nineteen. So. Um, that was a good aspect. Uh, really, Jack Byrne, like, we're, we're playing a 5-3-2 now, and Jack Byrne's kind of like a, a box-to-box midfielder of Richie Tell. So seeing him getting involved more defensively was a big plus because he kind of went missing against Shell. So, yeah, just really all in all, solid results. Clean sheet, 1-0. As I said, I'll take it. Defensively, defensively, Johnny, they're so, they're so hard to break down, really, aren't they? Yeah, and um, I, I think they missed, uh, I think they definitely missed Lopez last week. You, you have to remember they're recovering from the loss of Joey O'Brien. They've been decimated at left wing back. Scale's gone and their two left wing backs injured, um, j- just coming back. You know, we had Paul Curry on um, LOI Central lately, Shane, and he, he sounded fairly despondent about Sean Kavanagh. So I, I'm, I'm really thrilled for him. I think he's a great lad um, and, and, and a really lovely player. But as you say, so solid at the back. The other thing is, it's just. When Rovers are playing well, it's just hard to get it's hard to get any meaningful possession. And I, I thought they pressed well last week and um you'd have to say tonight if you're betting on anyone winning the league, it will be them. Luke, you got a big uh, you got a big favour up in, in with Derry's result as well? Yeah, I, I couldn't believe the score when I saw because obviously Derry were winning that game um huge. Like I know six points looks big in contrast, but as I said, it's a long season and Derry are relatively new to this, so we just need to keep on winning on our end and uh, we'll see how things line up at the end of the season. 
Yeah, no, you're you're looking good, Luke. You're looking good, that's for sure. Luke, thank you very much, Paul. Paul, we're going to make one more go at this, Paul. Talk to us. Paul, 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 can you hear me? No, Johnny, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to throw it in on on on. Get Paul. back, Johnny. Ke- Where's Johnny Kenny gone? Johnny Kenny disappeared in us. We scared the living daylights out of him, so we did. I think he's still hanging in there. He's still hanging in there. We'll 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 give him one more try and see. Is he up for a, a, a chat to let us know how life is at? at I see. At, um, at Con Murphy's there as well. I enjoyed his commentary and talent tonight. And uh, um, I, I'm telling you though, Shane, I I, I was I was kind of saying like, oh, would people stop moaning about the LOI season pass? But I'm absolutely. I'm spending so much money watching LOI TV now. I, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think I've any left. I was like, and I was trying to watch one on the phone and then one on the laptop to make it easier, but it won't let you log into your account on two different, um, you know, things. So like, I was thinking, go United. I'll have go United on the phone on full screen, and I'll have the Rovers Pats game on the full screen the laptop. They wouldn't let me do that, so I had to watch both on a small laptop split screen for twelve euros. So, um, maybe somebody can help me out. De- dedication to the cause. Dedication to the cause. I'll tell you. So, did sorry, did you did so? Did you see the Galway game tonight? I did. Yeah, I did. Like as as Jonathan said, it was brilliant from Alex Murphy and um, Manu Dimas. I mean, I've been on about this before. But how in the name of God was that man allowed on the pitch wearing gloves tonight? It was it was a heat wave pretty much. It was like 14 degrees. And like I'm thinking of what is John Coffey thinking? We've signed two lads from 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 Spain, right? One of them is a cult hero centre back who basically like he, he he wears his heart in his sleeve, real old fashioned centre back, already becoming a bit of a legend. And the other lad, man, who goes out there wearing gloves tonight, but we will forgive him because he got a lovely, lovely goal. And in fairness, JC, I think the two of them. They were fairly obscure signings, but they're definitely uh, definitely worth their place. And massive win. As I said, Shane Watford wasn't impressed them at all. Um, I thought like there was there seemed to be a good atmosphere there. They were getting behind them in the RSC, but you know, from general play, they created very little. Didn't pass the ball well. I saw them in Terryland, uh, our first home game of the season, the first half. I thought they were absolutely terrific. But it's it's um, I don't know what's happening there. They're not in good nick at the moment. So how how do signings like that come about, Johnny? Did you hear any anything much in the background as to how the two boys ended up at Galway? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I I guess he he knew he knew their agent or something. I I don't really know. He obviously went over there and like um uh, I mean I I I'm actually not entirely sure how it came about. But like you're kind of skeptical when you these two like they are journeymen. There's no getting away from it. Um, coming in, but like. You know, we've been awful bad to watch in recent games, Shane. And Manu just has a little bit of quality on the ball. Like, he keeps the ball uh, down. He can pass it. Um, and he's been good in the patches he's played. And his finish tonight is a lovely, lovely left-footed finish into the corner. Um, and Diego is just taken to the first division like a duck to water. Um, so it was it was far more encouraging. So I, I'm giving you a bad answer. I actually don't know how they ended up signing to Galway. <laughs> but uh, they, seem to, they seem to love the place anyway. And um, yeah, yeah, they, uh, they signed, signed for Galway United and here we are. Was the overall performance a bit easier on the eye, Johnny? You've been you've been harsh enough there on on the performances in terms of somebody who was watching them week in week out. Yeah, was the performance a bit better to watch tonight? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'd say John Caulfield wouldn't disagree. I mean, it hasn't been pretty, um, and you know it, it, we've been sort of playing the system maybe that didn't suit us. But tonight it was it was more of an old four three three style. Stephen Walsh up front, which you wouldn't expect, but um, he was up front um, with Wilson and kind of Manu. And uh, some of our play was nice. As long as we have Alex Murphy, which is until roughly the end of June, we, we will we, we, we will produce some good football. And he's been he's been by far our best outfield player, I think. But generally it wasn't bad. Conor McCormick, I thought, had a very good game. Um, Hurley was good tonight. And the one thing I'd say about JC, he brought boiling on for DMAS when we we're 1-0 up whereas I would have been bringing on we have a serious bench chain like serious serious bench and I would have been bringing on a quick lad up front to try and stretch them and go 2-0 up but I don't think he's going to change this stage, to be fair No and look I mean you know for all the and look I'm only you know I'm slagging you a bit but we have had a few people on I suppose having a bit of a go here and there about the, the playing style you're you're now joint top of the league like that. That's <laughs> I don't under, I really don't understand well, how well, there can be any gripe if you're there yeah. you're there all our games have been close, which is strange because, I mean, there's a massive discrepancy in Athlone and Cork City, uh, even though, um, you know, Athlone got a result tonight. So all our games have been close. But in, 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 we've beaten Waterford and Cork away already. 
And I don't really think people care that much about the style of football if we're top of the table. But we don't want playoffs again, Shane. It's just not good enough because the playoffs are too difficult to get out of. It's it's a lottery, really, and it's three games. And um, I think that I think that's a massive win for us. I think that gives us serious momentum. I fully expect us to beat Bray next week, who must be the most boring team to ever play football at this stage. I mean, they just seem to be drawn nil all every week. So one goal will do us. But that's the type of game that has been a struggle, just playing against teams that park the bus and trying to find that way. So do you believe you have enough to finish ahead of Cork? I, I, I do, I do. Like, I think, I mean, in fairness, we haven't been, as you say, we haven't been playing well, but like we've been, our points tally is good. We can play a lot better. And I think he's, he might be finally settling on, on, on the, the, the kind of offensive team that he needs. The biggest problem I see at the moment is what we do when Alex leaves because he's going to be a massive loss. Very good, very good. I suppose I didn't actually give a recap at the start. This is where I'm showing up my, uh, my, my newness. In I think role. you've done a very good job. We've got, just to sum it all up, just to sum things up, we finished tonight with Rovers with a 1-0 win over Pats, Bowes with a 2-2 draw, a mental, mental game against Finn Harps in which they had a player sent off at the very beginning and very end and still managed to, to, to come up with an injury time equaliser. Derry with a shock defeat at home to Shelburne, big, big win for, for Duffer. Um, Dundalk 2-1 at home to Sligo. We've had plenty of Sligo callers on the line tonight who weren't... Uh, who weren't overly happy with their team of late, and a massive win for Drogheda away to UCD, which very much kind of pulls them away from the relegation zone and puts UCD well and truly in it. Jumping to the first division, Athlone and Treaty. Treaty with a late equaliser against Athlone, one all there. Bray doing well to get a nil-nil draw up at uh, league leading Cork. Uh, Waterford defeated 1-0 at home to Johnny Ward's Galway United and Wexford probably with what looks on paper to be one of the most impressive performances of the night banging in four goals and taking home to all three points with a home win against Cove Ramblers Johnny, what did you make of that? That went reasonably well Went reasonably well until now Johnny, you gone on me? Johnny's gone to me. Johnny's gone to me. I'll wrap it up by myself. Listen to the callers who come in. Really, really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have. Sorry, many. Shane. Ah, no problem. Sorry, Stay Shane. There. Sorry. I, I think we, we, we Saudi uh, a Saudi style purge on Nathan <laughs> would be would be a good thing. He's not needed anymore. We don't need him to do anything. You and I will just uh, you know bring us to a brighter future. I think you did very well, and uh, I like the the punchy. You know, give the guests a couple of. Uh, couple of kind of points and then move on and we covered a lot of clubs I think well the great thing about tonight Johnny and the great thing about what really makes it is we had so many callers or so many people looking to talk tonight it meant that we not Johnny fly, Kenny fly through them Johnny Kenny nearly got brave nearly made the highlight of the show for us so far but backed out backed out at the last second uh, full round of games on Monday night I don't think we'll have a show Monday night but we will be back on next Friday night where we'll be talking about all next Friday night's game and I'm sure do a bit of a recap so we could have a hell of a lot of talking points um, come next Friday night's show so listen to all the listeners thank you very very much very enjoyable Johnny chat next week